so glad to have everybody here. We are starting a, oh, I wanted to encourage you first. Um, you guys laughed at a video last night. They didn't laugh at all. Can you imagine that? I, I don't know what's going on, but you guys are my favorite service this weekend. So I'll just, uh, some, just uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> we are starting a new series called uh, just a study on Philippians. And here's what we do a couple times a year. We like to just take a book of the Bible and actually take six to eight weeks and just go through it and really kind of pull out um, some of the, the meat and some of the really good uh, spiritually depth, the spiritual depth stuff so that we can just mature in the word of God. I think it's good to do every once in a while so that you guys will understand and learn how to study the Bible for yourselves. Um, I think that's a really important aspect of what we do as a church is to help you kind of understand how to do uh, just a standard Bible study from time to time. And so we picked this book coming right out of Easter because this book has to do with joy. As a matter of fact, if you look up the word joy or rejoice in the book of Philippians, you'll find it in almost 15% of the verses. Now, in the four chapters, there's only 104 verses, and so we want to encourage all of you, let's, as a church, let's read the book of Philippians every week for this study. Will you guys join us in that? Just let's do this together. Let's read through the book um, together, and what you'll find, again, is that you'll see joy and rejoice kind of running through the entirety of the book. Um, I am going to do this message today in two different parts. The first part, I am going to take the first two verses, and I'm really going to break them down, and I'm going to show you uh, how the teaching team studies when we get ready to prepare a message, and then we're going to take, um, I thought we were going to get through 18 verses. We did not last night. We will not today. I'm fairly confident in that, but we'll take a certain section of it, and I'm going to actually ask for your interaction. If you've been here any length of time, you know that's what we like to do is get feedback. We have mics in the auditorium, so you don't have, we're not going to pass the mic around, but I just need you to speak loud enough for the entire room to hear, um, and I think it's going to be really good because um, the depth that you get out of the Word of God is going to be completely different than what I would get or somebody else. And so that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to open up with a word of prayer, and we'll jump in. So Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this letter that you have given to us. As Paul penned it to the church um, in Philippi, um, it's not just for them. Uh, we find that it brings a lot of life and encouragement and joy to us as well. And so Lord, I pray right now as we begin to open uh, this book of Philippians as we open it up and as we start to ask your spirit to speak to us, Lord, I pray that you would come in and that you would begin to give us some insight, that you would give us wisdom and depth of what you would want us to, to learn today. Lord, I pray that every single person would grab a hold of uh, a joy today that they didn't have when they walked in, that they would leave this place a little more encouraged than when they came in, that they would be changed because of what your Holy Spirit does uh, through uh, the next 30, 35, 40 minutes, Lord. And so, Lord, we give you this time, and we lift it up to you in your name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, quick introduction to the book of Philippians. Paul... Um, is Paul actually went to Philippi for the very first time in the year of 52 AD. And uh, I have a little picture here, and you'll see Jerusalem down on the bottom right. He actually uh, was trying to get into Asia Minor. But if you read the story in Acts chapter 16, um, now I sent a newsletter out this week and encouraged all of you to read extra credit, Acts chapter 16. Anybody do that? 
Heather, free coffee. Heather, give Heather a hand. Hey, free coffee for life from our coffee bar for you, okay? All right. Hey, uh, we, we're going to send out maybe just a little extra challenge. Not only read Philippians, but maybe uh, if whoever's teaching that week has something extra, we might put that in the newsletter. Look for that and um, we encourage you to read that. But what we'll find in Acts chapter 16 is that Paul was on his second missionary trip and he was trying to get from Jerusalem and he was trying to go into Asia Minor, but it says over and over that the Holy Spirit would not allow him to go in there. We tried, the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow us to go in there. And then finally, he actually has a dream or a vision from a man from Macedonia, top left there. And what that man says is, hey, come and speak to us. And so they decide that that was direction from the Lord. And so instead of going into Asia Minor, they go into Macedonia and they actually stop in Philippi and that was in the year 52, okay? Now, when they went there, uh, there's three different stories in Acts 16 that are actually pretty unique. The first one is that they meet a woman named Lydia and it, and it says that she was a dealer of purple cloth. I don't know what that means, so I tried to look it up and kind of read about it. Basically, I guess this is one of the most expensive materials that you can have. She was actually a woman of great wealth. Cool story here is they listened to the story that Paul and the disciples were sharing, and she gave her a heart to the Lord. She asked Jesus to come live in her life, and uh, just she actually becomes a marker for the church in Philippi, you know, just a, one of the founding people, founding members there. Then it goes on and talks about a female slave who had a spirit, and the owner used her for profit because she could... Uh, prophesy what's coming and predict the future. Well, she kept following Paul and the disciples and kept saying this, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. These men are the servants of the most high God who are telling you how to be saved. And she just kept following them and kept saying this same thing. Now you would think that that would be really encouraging and exciting for Paul and the disciples that this woman kept going, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. But Paul got tired of her and cast the demon out of her. <laughs> That's what it says. Now, the owner gets incredibly irritated and it actually starts to kind of stir up um, what ultimately leads Paul and Silas to jail, okay? They're proclaiming Christ and people don't like it. And so they ended up getting arrested. And this is where the cool story is, where they are in the middle of the night singing and praising to God in jail, shackled up, and I don't know what it was. I don't know if God's foot started stomping while they were singing, but all of a sudden, all the doors broke. The chains broke free. The jailer says was going to kill himself because he thought, oh my gosh, I'm, my life is on the line because all, these, all the prisoners are going to escape. And Paul goes, hey, don't do it and begins to tell him and his family about Jesus Christ, and the entire family gets saved. So these are the three stories that we hear in Acts chapter 16 um, in the book of Philippians. Now, 10 to 11 years after that first trip to Philippi, um, scholars think 63 to 64 AD, is when Paul actually penned this letter to the church in Philippi. And um, it's interesting because it actually has a couple different titles. Obviously, it has uh, the book of Philippians, but some people like to call it the epistle of excellent things. That's pretty cool. 
If you've never read the book, I hope that right there would intrigue you to want to read it. It's the Epistle of Excellent Things. Or what it's more commonly known of is this, and we talked about it a little earlier, the Epistle of Joy. And I love what God is doing right now because, um, as Janelle said, Terry had no idea that we were teaching this, and she had a word this week about joy and what we're praising and that it should come from the joy within our hearts. And I just absolutely love that. And so I hope you're ready to receive from God. So let's jump in. Uh, As I said, I'm going to take the first two chapters, and I'm going to really just uh, break these apart so that you can kind of learn how to study the word of God for yourself. Um, And so I'm gonna start with the first seven words um, of the book. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Now, I think a lot of times uh, we will read an introduction like that and we will just plow right through it. We won't even think about it. We'll go, oh, of course, he's just introducing who it is. Um, But here's something very interesting that I found in my study um, this week for this. In all of the other letters that Paul writes, with the exception of Thessalonians and Philemon, um, he actually um, qualifies himself. In other words, if you look at any of the other books, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ. He kind of, he drops his title, okay? Why would you drop a title? Huh? For credibility, right? Because you want the people to know, this is who I am, and so therefore I have the authority to write this letter, and therefore you should listen to this letter, right? That is how almost all of Paul's letters start. But here's what's really cool. In the book of Philippians, he just jumps right in, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. He doesn't feel the need, and what I read about that was that he had such a cool friendship and cool relationship with the church in Philippi that he didn't feel like he had to qualify himself. He knew that that relationship, and I think that's really important because it sets the structure for what we're gonna read in the coming verses because there's just a friendship. There's a relationship there that goes beyond title, and I love this about Shine Church because our pastors here, we really feel we have such a great relationship with you guys that we never feel like we have to drop our title or drop a title to you guys because we are just living life together with you. I did not tell them to do that. That's awesome. (laughs) We're going to pray and we're just going to go home. I'm just kidding. Uh, that's awesome. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I'm going to read those seven words again, and I want you to tell me what word kind of jumps out at you. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. What word? Servants. Very good. Very good. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I want to strip it back, and, and forgive me if you're like, well, of course we know this. Not everybody does, but if you want to study the Word of God, um, one of the things that we do is we just kind of pay attention to words that would jump off out of a certain verse or out of a certain section, and I would agree. Servants would be the one that would jump out um, to me as well. And so I've got a little video here of what we would do next. If you want to study on BibleHub.com, um, you just go to that webpage. Um, DJ's going to bring it up. There we go. So BibleHub.com, and it just gives you this window. You can type in whatever section of scripture that you want to read. So just type in here Philippians chapter 1. It actually brings up all of the verses. Um, And then what you can do is just bring your mouse over to a certain verse. You click on it, 
and it'll actually bring up just that verse in several different translations. So you can read through that, but if you go over to the right and click on Greek, it actually brings up the original language that that section of scripture was, was written in. So if you look up servants, you click on it, it brings this up, and it actually brings up uh, the definition is a slave, and then it talks about and kind of defines it a little bit more, and this is where we get a lot of the stuff when we teach to you. This is where we get it from. It's just the depth of the Greek word. And so here we have servant. It means this, properly someone who belongs to another. Now, now get this, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. It, it's, when you think of the word servant, you might want somebody who serves, somebody, you know, but grab the depth of what the meaning is because this is what Paul and Timothy wanted to communicate to the church of Philippi. Um, we are someone, some ones who belong to another. We're a bond slave. We, without any ownership rights of our own. Ironically, doulas is used with the highest dignity in the New Testament, namely of believers who willingly live under Christ's authority as he as his devoted followers. And so get a picture of this as you open up just even this brief seven word introduction that what Paul and Timothy are trying to communicate is, hey, church, we want you to know that we consider ourselves slaves to Jesus Christ. And what does that mean? We don't have any ownership rights in our own. We give ourselves and our ownership rights to the Lord. How cool is that? And it gives you just this kind of this, at least for me, it gives this stirring in my heart and a questioning of how am I doing in this? How am I doing in regards to giving my heart and my ownership? Do I try to own my life or do I realize that Jesus paid the price? So I'll give it to him. And so it just in those seven words, you begin to see that there was such a cool friendship that Paul had with the church of Philippi and that they immediately wanted them to know, hey, look, we served you because Jesus is the one that, that is motivating us. It has nothing to do with what's in me, but it's solely because of what Jesus is doing. Do you see how cool this is? I hope it gives a stirring um, in your heart to actually get into this, I, because here's the truth. Ugh. This book right here, guys, this is your lifeline. This is the thing that will get you through terrible times. This will get you through difficult trials. This is the thing that will get you through. And unfortunately, in churches, many, many people don't read this. Many, many people don't read this. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but when's the last time you read your, read your Bible? Did you read it this morning? Did you read it this weekend? Did you read it this week? Have you read it this month? And if not, Why? I would submit that maybe the enemy has come in and told you that it's too difficult to understand. I'm just telling you it's not. If you just take a little time to pull out the depth of it. And so I encourage you, get into your word. Okay, so now I'm gonna expand a little bit and I'm gonna quickly go through the rest of the, the two verses here and I'm just gonna show you how I kind of studied for this, okay? It goes, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, first thing that jumped out to me was that where it said holy people. Now I looked it up and it means this, the people who are set apart having the very nature of the Lord joined together in tight identification. 
I love that picture. And I hope and my heart is that you will get that for Shine Church, that you are a people set apart, joined together by a tight identification with one another. I hope that you understand that that is the heart. That's what we've been trying to do for the since we started the church, and that is, hey, let's understand this concept. Let's live life together. Let's be joined tightly together because we have the fellowship of Jesus Christ in our hearts. Amen? Okay, how about this one? Grace. It says, grace and peace to you from God our Father. All right, grace means God freely extends himself to us because he is disposed to bless. Now, some people think that God is angry and out to get them. I know I say that many times, but I want you to know that if you look up the word grace there, it actually means this. God wants to freely give his favor to you because that's how he is wired. Oh, that's good. It's a good place for an amen right there. So that's really cool. Peace is this, God's gift of wholeness. How many of you want to be whole? Okay, like three quarters of us. I'm just kidding. God's gift of wholeness, total well-being, all essential parts being held together. And so get the picture of what he's saying here. He's saying, church, I want you to understand the favor that God is wired to give that puts you together that brings a wholeness out of you. And I love that right there, and that is so good. Just in an introduction, just in one little introduction. Now, here's what's really interesting is I read a little commentary about this. It goes beyond that because they're in Macedonia right next to Greece. And basically what it's saying is um, when he says grace, that was the greeting that the Greeks used with one another. Grace, grace, grace. And the word peace was the greeting that the Jews used with one another. And so what he was actually doing is tying Greeks and Jews together and saying, hey, I want you to know this is for everybody. How cool is that? You tie in the story of Acts 16 where you have a rich woman, a servant girl, and a Roman soldier, and you get a picture that Paul is not just writing to a certain selection of people. He is writing to an entire group of people, and he's wanting everybody to get this. And that's why I can confidently say it wasn't just for the people in Philippi. It is for you and I today right now. Isn't that good? Okay, next thing. It says, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to quickly break these words apart. This was so good for me. Oh, man. Um, you, would, you would think God, the Father, Lord Jesus Christ. You're pretty much saying the same thing, right? <laughs> but it's not. If you look up God, it means this. The creator and owner of all things. Father means this, one who imparts life. Lord means this, having absolute ownership rights. Jesus means Yahweh who saves, and Christ means the anointed one, Messiah. So let me read the end of, end of his um, greeting with this understanding. Grace and peace to you, church, from the creator and owner of all things, who imparts life to you, who has absolute ownership rights of you because he is Jesus who saves the anointed one, our Messiah. Man. Two verses, guys. Two verses. 
if you will take the time. And, and here's the problem. There's something in us in human nature, it, I'll just speak to me. There's something in me that feels like I have to get a certain amount of things done. I have to read a certain a number of verses. I have to get through a certain number of chapters. Um, if I'm really a good Christian, I'll read through the entire Bible in one year, right? And, and you just have this understanding that, man, if, if, if I just have to get this certain amount done, I, could it be that God is okay with you just reading two verses and living on it all week? Would it be okay to take two verses like this and to rejoice in the favor that God wants to bestow on you because he's disposed to do so because he wants to whole, put you whole together. He wants to knit you together. And would it be okay to live on that for a week or two or three? Yes? I, you're even afraid to say yes to it. <laughs> I'm just here to tell you, I think it pleases God's heart when we take any amount of time to study out and to get something in our hearts that we could live on. And when you do this, it begins to, it begins to pull apart um, the mystery of the word of God. It begins to pull apart the, um, the, the bigness of it, and it actually brings it down to where um, you can actually comprehend it, and it can be for you, and, and it can speak directly to you. And so I want to encourage you, um, get into your word and study it. Use, use Bible Hub, use something else. There's Blue Letter Bible, Bible Gateway. There's different things that you can use. Okay, all right, now I'm gonna transition to the second part of, of this message and how we wanna do it and gonna ask for your interaction. And so here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna break up the next couple sections and I'm gonna read them and we'll have them on the screen. And here's what I want you to do. I just simply want you to pay attention to the thing that resonates in your heart or jumps out to you in your mind as we read through it. And then what I'd like to do is just share it with one another. Um, because what I have noticed is that when I'm reading my word, there are certain times that certain sections will jump off the page. And if I will pay attention to that and look into it, then what begins to happen is that's the thing that I find that I need for that day, that week, um, for that time in my life. And so I just want to practice this together as a church. Is that okay? All right, so let's start with Philippians 1, 3 through 6. Again, just pay attention to what resonates in your heart, what jumps out in your mind. I thank God, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I'm gonna read it one more time a little quicker, but just give you a chance to let it sink in and hit your heart. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Okay, help me out, church. What is something that as we read through those four verses just jumped off the page to you? Yes. Okay, not last night, not in my study, didn't have that jump out, but I am resonating with what you just said. Because I think a lot of times people think it's austere, 
far away God. And what Paul is trying to say is, this is my God, this is your God, and he's here right now. Ooh, so good. Love it. What else? Every and the alls. What, what, what jumped out about that? Yes. Okay, every and all. I want you guys to go home, go to Bible Hub, and I want you to look up every and all because it's very interesting. Um, when you look it up, this is what you will find. Still look it up. Uh, but this is what you'll find. Uh, whether it's every or all or each, it comes from the same word. And it means all of those things, each, every, all. And it actually means this, each part that makes up the whole. Each part that makes up the whole. So I thank my God every time. I thank my God in every situation and every season that comes together and makes up the whole. Now, if you tie that with verse two, that says that the peace, which is the wholeness, God wants us to know that he wants every part that makes us who we are to be whole. I just, man, it's just good when you, when you see that. Love that. Okay, somebody else. What else jumped up? Yes. Amen. I don't even have to add anything to that. That's what I love about this church. As a matter of fact, when we were talking about um, with the teaching team, um, we really felt Shine's vision. This church is not built on one person, but on each one of us that makes up this family. We are built on this understanding. And I find it very interesting that it was 10 to 11 years later, and he did go see the church of Philippi one other time, from my understanding, um, but there was some time in between. And it says, I thank God for you. Because he just remembers the relationship that he had with them. How cool is it that we actually get together at least once a week and maybe even more frequently? And that's really cool. Love that. Somebody else? Yes? It's so amazing to me that as we open this up to a body of believers here, the different things that pop out. I would have never thought of that, Alex, but absolutely. I think it actually builds. We get, we're grateful for what God has done. We get a joy in that. And when we have a joy, the, the word of God actually says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Is it brings a confidence to walk in the things that we are called to walk in, yes? Oh man, it's so good. What else? Yes. What, what about it? What about the partnership that stood out? I think we are also familiar with the end of that verse, but the preceding part of that is like our choice to be activated and like partnering with the Lord to then show that to the next I absolutely love that. And you know what I love about this church is I really feel like we're partnering together to do the things that God has for us. I really have just been so encouraged to see in the last, even since the beginning of the year, the way that uh, this church is ministering to one another and helping one another and truly being partners in this walk of maturity towards God. And um, it was funny, I was telling last night, I, it's to the point where sometimes we get offended because you guys are helping each other and we never get called. 
Actually, not offended by that at all. We absolutely love that. But how, how cool is that, that this church is actually ministering to one another? People are providing meals, and we only hear about it after it happened. I, I, I love those things that are taking place because it's a true partnership. Um, I hope that you will see. I hope that you do see. I hope that you feel. If you, if you have been here any length of time with us at this church, I hope you feel that partnership because it's really what we are going after. It's what really we're striving to, to have together as a body of believers, because we believe um, the confidence comes from that partnership. Now, do you know what gospel means? Good news. It actually means good news. And so it's a partnership in good news. I'm not sure who this is for, but... Um, just really feel strongly to say, it's a partnership in good news. Stop trying to get people to rally around negative news. Okay? Let's partner around good news. Let's partner around the news of Jesus Christ. Amen? Okay. Um, anybody else on this section of scripture? Yes? Yes? So good. And doesn't that resonate? I, it hopefully will resonate with you that even if you're dealing with tough times, trials, um, circumstances that obviously you don't necessarily want to be in, you can still, if Paul can have that joy, we can too, especially if we partnership, if we partner with one another. Love that. Um, there's still one I'm looking for that screams off the page here. The last verse. Okay. Love that. Yeah, it's almost this perfect word, right? And many of us strive to be perfect, but the truth is, I love what this says, that he who began, first off, who began? Who started it? He did. We don't start it. And then it says, he began a good work in you and will carry it out onto completion. Until the, okay, so who carries it out to completion? He does. He does. How many of you are trying to strive for the things that you think God wants you to do when the truth is he will tell you, he will complete it, and it's an ongoing work, and you don't have to do anything in your flesh to accomplish this? This is good news. But we live in a world that, again, is striving and is always trying to figure this out. Oh, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do this. Man, church, if you will just take time to pray and ask Jesus to just speak to you, what's going to happen is he's going to start a work, and he will complete a work, and he will start a work, and he will complete a work, and it's not going to be anything that you do in your flesh. All you have to do is listen and respond. Stop trying to figure out what God wants for you and actually take time to hear what he wants. And if you'll take the time, he will guide you and he will lead you into what he has for you. And he is faithful to complete that work. Man, that's just good. It's just good. Okay, moving on. Let's go to another section. Philippians 1, 7 through 8 says this. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you. Since I have you in my heart 
And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. I'll read it one more time. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you. Since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. What jumps out? In what verse? Okay. I love that. God is our witness. That's better than God can testify. I, that is so cool. You know what? It, it says uh, in Revelation that we overcome by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. Uh, the word of our witness, and here we have God as the witness. How about, how cool is that? Get that picture. God is a witness for your life. Ooh, okay. I guess you're just thinking about that right now. What else? Oof, it's so good. So encouraging to know that we have people that are, that are in this to, with us, yes? That God who is faithful to start the work and complete it is not only doing it in me, but he's doing it in all of you and we get to do this together. Man, I love that. Love that. Somebody else. Okay. <laughs> Mm. That is so good. And it brings out something that I want to encourage everybody to do, and that is don't just read one or two verses without reading what's before it, what's after it, because you get great context. Because I totally agree with you. He begins it, he completes it, but then this brings out, he is actually the one that carries it. And I love how he actually starts it. It is right for me to feel this way. It's, right. it's good. This is a good feeling that I have. This feeling of joy that I have when I remember you, it's right that I have this. Why? Not because of anything I do, but because of solely what he has done in me and what he's done in you and the fact that he carried the cross so that we could have that life. Mm, that's so good. You guys okay? Hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, 
Let's, let's move on to the last, the next section. We were supposed to get through 18. We're not going to do it. We'll just do this next one, and then I have something else I want to do. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. And this is my prayer. Remember, what resonates in your heart? What sticks out in your mind? And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. One more time. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What jumps out of these three verses to you? I love it. So here's what I love. This is his prayer for the church. Not just for the church of Philippi, but this is his prayer for all of us as believers. And I really feel like it's a spiritual, a spiritual father's prayer for us. And if you receive it that way, then when he says, um, I am praying that your love may abound more and more. I love that. It's a continual process. Listen, church, none of us ever arrive. It's a process. And I hope that's encouraging for some of you because I think sometimes we think that we have to get to this place and then God can speak to us or we can get to this place and then he can do something. The truth is God is going to be faithful to do the work in you and he has you grow continually more and more and more in this understanding. That should be good news for everybody as you hear that. Um, the, the thing about love there, what I find interesting, I little, read a little commentary about it. Um, anything that you love, so whether it's a thing, maybe it's a subject, like if you were in school and you loved the subject, or maybe it's a person that you love, um, maybe it's Jesus himself that you love, but anything that you love Yes or no, you learn more about that. And so you can actually kind of test yourself on how you're doing by what are you learning about? Because what you're learning about, you actually have something, you have a desire in your heart for that. And so if you find yourself going, well, man, wow, I haven't been doing much of this Bible study or what you're encouraging us to do, ask God to give you a love for the word. And as he gives you a love for the word, you will want to spend more and more time learning it. And I think this is what Paul is praying over the church. I am praying that you would have a love that would grow and grow and grow. Love that. What else? Anything else? Yes. It's hard to have love without a relationship, yes? Yes? 
It's hard to have love without a relationship. And that's, you know, sometimes people say, where does it say to have a relationship with God in the water? Well, here's a good scripture. Um, Paul is saying, hey, I pray that you would grow in love. Um, well, in order to grow, we have to have a relationship. So I, I love that. That's really good. Anybody else? Yes. The depth of it, man, that is incredible. I love that. The knowledge and depth of insight. So what he's saying is, I want you to not only know this love, but I want you to know how deep it runs and how big it is and, man, how broad it is. I love that that jumped out to you. Never forget that God wants to show you that. He wants to pour that love into your heart and life. Love it. Yes. And this is a great segue into why a relationship is so important, both with God but with others as well. And I, like I said, I put it through all three sections. I love it. Brittany is so good. That just speaks volumes because that's really what it is about relationship this way, relationship this way. And if we get these things, that's when abundant life, in my opinion, comes. Jesus wanted us to have life and life in abundance, and it comes, and Paul is praying and teaching us that that's where it comes from. Love that. Anybody else? Um, so that we be pure and blameless Ooh. at the day of Christ. And so that's, you know, what we're all looking for when it comes back and for us to be pure and blameless. Yeah. And the beautiful picture that I see being painted here is that he starts the work, he completes the work, he carried the load, and now Paul is praying that you would understand this love. Boy, get this. If you don't understand how much God loves you, here's a picture of how much God cares and loves for you. If you are feeling like nobody cares about you, man, God loves you so much, Jesus loves you so much, the Holy Spirit loves you so much that he wants you to understand this love over and over. Why? So that we will understand that we're gonna stand before the Lord one day and we will be pure and blameless, not because of anything that we do, but because of who he is in us on the day of Christ. Woo! Amen. So good. Well, and I'm gonna jump in to the word right before it. It says discern. So basically, I pray that you would know this love that grows and grows so that you can discern, which is kind of understand the difference between right and wrong in what is best or what really matters. This is the prayer over you we're praying, that Paul is praying. We pray that your love in him would grow more and more and more. Why? So that you would have a discernment and understanding of what is best for your life or what matters most. Why? So that you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. 
filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of Jesus. So all of this, as it just builds upon itself, begins to show us the picture that God has for us. And why does all of this happen? So that you get the glory. No. (laughs) Come on, fight back here, guys. It's so that God gets the glory. All of this so that he gets glory, honor, and praise. And so, um, hey, I'm gonna wrap this section up and just say, hey, um, I hope that you're learning today that, you know what, as you open up your word of God, um, man, if you just pay attention to the words that jump out, jump onto BibleHub.com, kind of pull out some of the meanings. You can get actually the nuggets that God wants to put into your heart that you can live on uh, for that day, that week, that month. Um, And man, when you get a revelation like this, hopefully you walk away uh, from it a little more encouraged. I hope you're more encouraged after hearing this than when you came in. Because I think that's what Paul's heart was. He says, hey, I'm going to write you a really encouraging letter so that you get how much God loves you and that it's all about him. And so um, here's what we wanted to do. We wanted to finish um, this service with um, two, two things. We're going to do one more worship song. And um, in this worship song, I want you to just reset your joy on the Lord. And so as we're singing this song, here's what I want you to reflect on. Where are you getting your joy from? What is it that you're trying to receive joy from? And ask God, is that from you or is that from my flesh? And as we sing through the words of this song and as we just sing that he is, he is worthy, I want you to just invite him to show you the things that are bringing joy from the spirit and not from the flesh, okay? And then at the end of the song, um, I'm gonna give an opportunity for you to share something, whether it's maybe something in this church or maybe something, last night we had somebody that just shared um, something that's happened at a work situation. I wanna give opportunity to share what is bringing you joy because I think when you hear the testimony of others, it encourages and begins to stir something in all of us. And so let's pray and then we'll jump into that. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for the word of God that is just alive and active. We thank you that you use the word um, to sharpen us and to show us the love that you have for us. And so Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now and we ask that you would begin to reset our minds and our hearts May we reset ourselves and the joy. If the joy of the Lord is our strength, then God, help us to understand what spiritual things you want us to receive joy from. And help us to see where we are trying to fill those areas with the counterfeit joy that comes from maybe things or people or whatever you might show us. And so, Lord, we take this time and we dedicate it to you and we ask that you would give us uh, a spiritual depth and understanding of what you want us to understand. Lord, we want our joy to be in you. And so, Lord, help us to discern where that joy comes from. In your name, amen. Thank you for
can you speak? Um, okay, so in our kids' church, um, they were having um, just times to seek the Lord. They, God spots, they get alone, and they just ask God to, to share with them what the Lord is showing. And um, Dan was telling me this while we were praying last night that they were doing that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, um, if you have anybody that wants to share, um, would they be willing to do this? Um, <laughs> last night, we had one person that wanted one of our kids to share. Um, this morning, there were several of them. So we can't do everybody. Sorry, guys. Um, so, but there's two of them that are, we're going to let share. So I'm going to have Marcus, you go first. So I want you to show the picture of, here, I'll hold it up. And then you kind of hold the mic and, and tell us what's going on here. Um, so this is God, and he's rising out of his tomb. This is God, and this is me. And uh, last Wednesday, we uh, were watching Passion of the Christ, and I just got reminded of this. And this is the devil, and he's not excited about uh, him rising out of the tomb. Yeah, so he's saying no. And uh, if you flip it, I have a, uh, a thing I want to read. Uh, Hold the mic. God is good. You can't get in his path. There are things he can't do and can do. Here are, um, he, so he can't make you believe in him. And that's one thing. And you have to, he can't control your attitude. Um, and things he can do. Um, he can do everything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) keep going you're doing great he he can move mountains and i just think um god is incredible and that's uh all of it and that's what he told you that's amazing all right zeke hold that mic and you talk into the mic so what i drew is jesus and the tomb and um i have this speech but um I can't really read it that well, so I'll tell you what it's about. Um, I so this would represent. um, So it talks to me that he was in for our sins, and all the sins went out of our lives, and you can never stop him when he's trying to get to you in your path. All right, man. Can I read it? So here's what it says. Jesus, you are never stopped. You live forever. Nobody can lock you up. You always live in us. You are free for life. You died on the cross for us. You are a mighty God, and you live in our hearts. (laughs) And Marcus wanted me to just read this. God is good. You can't get in his path. There are things he can't do and can do. He can't force you to believe in him. He can't force your actions. He can move everything he likes. He doesn't stop working for us. He is the one to trust and the one to believe. He died for us. Only he could do that. Good job, guys. If you want to go back there. And I know we had several other kids that had moments that they wanted to share as well. Please ask them about that. And here's, here's what just, I felt like the Holy Spirit told me, bring the kids up um, if, they, if they wanted to share. And so, and there's just such joy and such depth in that. Now, with all the kids here, I want some adults to share um, what is a joy that God is doing in you that you're receiving great joy from. No pressure, but your kids are watching. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Something that God's bringing great joy in your life. 
Mel, I'm going to give you the mic just so that we can get good. I have a hard time with trusting him when it comes to circumstances. When there's something I'm trying to trust him with, with a circumstance, I get a picture in my mind of what I think, what I think he should do or what I want him to do, even based on who he is. And then when he doesn't come through, then, then I'm left with, I don't know how to trust you anymore. And my faith goes through a, 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 a real test. And sometimes it's taken me like a year to come back from that. And what he's showing me recently that has brought me a lot of freedom is that, Melody, put the circumstance totally aside. Just trust me that I'm with you in it. And that's it. Like what you said last week. I loved that. I just, I just got so much joy with you saying that last week, Pastor, that leave the whole circumstance out of it, whether it works out the way you want it to or not. Trust me that I'm with you and leave it at that. That's good. It's great joy. Love that. Anybody else? Right here. So what I've learned is, um, for me personally, I feel like my life has been a lot of chaos from childhood. I'm trying without crying, but just a lot of chaos, and there's a lot of chaos in my job too. I mean, a childhood all the way on up, and um, and then my job, and what I felt like he shared with me, and it's what you said earlier, and that is, you know, we work so hard at always doing, doing, doing to gain God's love. You know, just we're always doing, and I always, I don't know where that comes from, but it's just like I feel like I always have to do something to earn his love, and I felt like he told me this last week, I want you to just be still, honey. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to listen to some soft music, and I just want you to receive the love that I have mm. for you, and it was, it's been I mean, it's like I can't wait every day now, every morning for just that quiet time to receive God's love because I feel like we can't function without knowing what he has for us and how so deep, good. you know, that is. That's his so love good. is for us. It's good. Um, hey, kids, do you think us adults need to have God times? Yeah. That's as I think so too, absolutely. Up here, DJ. So I made the decision to move out, and I was nervous about it. Um, about six months ago, and it's I'm moving out in the end of April, and I'm if you know the Bennetts and you, if you know my mom, um, we are very close, and we've always been very close. And I'm in the last few months, my I've had a certain moment with each each member of my family, just a close just a memory that I can keep while I'm away. And I, I really appreciate it, and I'm going to miss them a lot, <laughs> even though I'm only 40 minutes away. But um, it sounds ridiculous, but I, not seeing them every day is going to be very strange for me. So God has given me w at least one time where I've had with each of them just to remind me that you know they're there even though I can't wake up and see them in the morning. So, so yeah. Paul saying, when I remember you with joy right? That's what you're going to get. And that's what he gave you with those. I love that. It's good. Anybody else? Nope. Okay. This row is going well. <laughs> so, um, 
last week was Easter, and my family, some people already kind of know this, but um, my family hasn't been to church in, like, forever, and I've been going by myself for, like, a year, and it was the first time that my parents and my siblings came to church, and it's just, like, knowing that I actually do, like, God has given me a purpose, and, like, I am being used to plant seeds even just within my family is, like, it's really crazy because, like, I even, like, God, like, sometimes speaks to me through dreams, and, like, I've had dreams where I end up in heaven and my family doesn't, and so it's, like, knowing that they will get there at some point is just, like, that, like, there's hope in that, so. That's awesome. That's good. Very good. All right. Well, hey, listen, I hope, as, as I started saying, I hope that you are going to leave here with more uh, joy and, and encouragement than when you came in. Um, kids, I want to thank you for sharing and being willing to share. Um, you guys um, are an example to us, the way that you hear from God and love God. And so keep doing it. Keep going after him. All right. You guys will do that. Yeah. All right. And, and we as adults, we have a lot of things we have to work through, but we're going to do it so that we can help you guys do this. Okay. So we'll help each other. Yeah. All right. Hey, you guys be blessed. Enjoy your day. Have a wonderful uh, rest of your weekend. Um, Enjoy the heat before the snow. (laughs) Enjoy the joy of the heat today.